It's October 29th, 2010. This is five way to show about Worcester. There's a flock of geese migrating above us. Here are just crows. Just a flock of beautiful crows migrating above us. This is a show, this is a weekly public affairs show called Five Away. I'm Mike Benedetti. Every week on this show, I appear as ignorant as the day I was born. And I try to get people to explain the city of Worcester to me. Some weeks it sticks and some weeks it doesn't. If you want to, if you want to help educate me, email me at pieandcoffee at gmail.com. Today, from the right, Brendan Malikin, sure. paid Democratic operative. There's my finger. There he is. From the left, Chris Warren. Unpaid anarchist operative. How you doing? I'm good. Awesome. What's going on in the city this week? Um, Brendan, you were saying that there's something about lawn signs. I love lawn signs. This just came up this morning. Yeah, I mean, part, yeah, <coughs> the city's been working on a sign ordinance, ordinance for a while now. Um, a lot of it is kind of bizarre, but you know, people seem happy with certain aspects of it uh, in terms of commercial signage and what have you. Uh, but it appears, according to the Telegram this morning, that they're going to try and slide in a political signage component to that ordinance as well, too, that would limit homeowners to. Uh, two lawn signs in their lawn, and then they can make use of their windows in <laughs> any way that they want. Uh, you know, it just—it seems like the silly thing to do. I, a lot of towns do this sort of thing. Even adjacent to Worcester, you've got a lot of towns that you can't put political signage up before 30 days uh, out of the election, uh, and what have you. Uh, the thing that always comes up, though, is even though that's a rule, I think argue, it's easy to argue that there's probably a constitutional uh, component of that. That is either overlooked or just goes unchallenged by communities. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it actually makes any sense. I, I'm not the biggest fan of lawn signs in the world, even though I end up with, you know, a few for every political cycle. Did uh, you see that Onion article about lawn signs? Yeah, I tried. I will link to that. Um, but, you know, the, the reality is it's private pro these are, you know, it's private property. And I, I think there are some things that still uh, need to be uh, uh, left untouched by local government and uh, restrictions on private property, just as long as nobody's getting hurt, uh, is probably one of those areas. That's all I gotta say. I know this means I have to edit the show over television, but what the fuck? <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> Apparently, there's nothing real that we have to deal with in the city, and they're trying to regulate the number of lawn signs on someone's yard. There's, again, you know, a certain high level bit, I guess, of. And probably wrong place to use the word irony, but we're close enough where, you know, I mean, when we get into local election cycles, we always end up just talking about the same, like, stuff, right? Streets and sidewalks, you know, the, 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 the basic kind of political issues that have been around for 200 years or since right. we invented roads. Uh, and although we have still not conquered those issues, now we're moving on on a local level to high-level constitutional issues and, restricting and speech political issues. Speech. Restricting political there's a there's a long history of restricting, restricting political speech, though. That's an honored... On a tradition, <laughs> on a tradition government. In, in government around the world. Chris Warren, do you have any opinion on lawn signs? Um, it's I've okay, by the way, it's okay for you to say no if you don't. Well, I mean, obviously people should be able to put whatever sign they like in their own yard. I mean, they, they own the property, so they should be able to put whatever they want and not have to cover up their own windows to show their so political support. <laughs> Awesome. Well, there we go. I mean, People the speaking thing that would be interesting then is, you know, you, you ever go to Charlestown uh, during uh, election cycles, right? There's no lawns. They, everything, because everything abuts, the houses all about the street. So uh -huh. people just line their houses with, like, the actual signed placards uh -huh. and just staple them right to the, you know, the, to the side of the house. That's what I can imagine <laughs> Worcester becoming, right? I mean, it's like, we get where, this, this is where people underthink their, their, their own creati creativity. So, like, if you ban lawn signs, people are just going to start getting, like, house wraps, right? I mean, you'll have the sheriff candidate paying somebody a couple grand for to have a house wrap for the entire year, and then... Or cars. That's what I'm saying, right? I mean, it, 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 something very, very simple that is annoying for six months could go completely crazy and become something completely absurd uh, that we then have to live with for an entire year. Uh, I mean, who wants to see, you know, whatever, a Lou Evangelitis for Sheriff House? 
Um, you know, <laughs> or 15 of them. I want to see that happen. <laughs> I want to see it ask. once. I just want to see it one time and then move on. But It I, would be like these. It would be like a holiday, the holiday houses, like the Halloween house down the street here. Exactly, except everyone will go overboard. I mean, you'll have the entire sides of houses will be affixed with, with placards and 4x8s. Would this be cracking down on holiday houses? That's interesting. Are those considered signs? I don't, there's a bunch, like, especially at Halloween, there's totally, like, all these, like, uh, uh, yeah, tombstones right and stuff. right behind us over here. I mean, this, that, that house <coughs> right over on the other side of the pond, I mean, goes crazy every, every year. It's all these people claiming they have a graveyard and stuff in their yard. I mean, that's not only, that's not only, you know, it's a sign, but it's, like, an inaccurate sign. Look out, fans of holiday season. The planning board is coming after you next. The cemetery commission. <laughs> I want to know what the cemetery commission thinks of people falsely advertising private graveyards. Anyways, today... Leaves on the ground. No, the only drug paraphernalia I see are like uh, Dunkin' Donuts cups, and, and here's a blunt wrap, and also my espresso cup. Those are kids just hand rolling their own cigars down here. <laughs> Is that how it works? Trendy. They're hipsters. Awesome. Um, I want. We're going to talk a little bit about politics. We're going to talk a little bit about partying. I also wanted to talk about Telegram and Gazette circulation at the top of the show here. Uh, this week, the uh, tw uh, twice a year, I'll talk to Chris Warren because he maybe doesn't know this. Twice a year, uh, circulation figures come out for newspapers, and it's always compared to the previous period from the year before. So over the last year, Telegram Gazette cir daily circulation is down 9.3%. The average of news big newspapers in the U.S. is 5%. So that's a big drop, 9.3%. It's now below 70,000. Um, and, uh, and this is on top of adding this paywall. And back in 2006, I believe, they had a paywall and they got rid of it. Or maybe it was in 2005 they got rid of the paywall. And then they saw a circulation drop of 6% because they had apparently had 6% online subscribers at the time. Who then, when there was no longer, you could be an online subscriber, it went away. So uh, that's actually a huge drop because they should have actually gotten a little bit of a bounce from the paywall. Weirdly enough, even though page views per month are down 5%, the unique visitors per month are up 20% with this paywall. I don't know why this would be. Anyway, they, they um, and actually the reach of the newspaper is up 7.6%, which means 7.6% more people are looking at the paper. They, uh, because of this 20% increase of online viewers, presumably, and uh, they believe now that they reach 385,000 adults in Worcester County on at least a monthly basis. And the county population is 750,000, so that's probably something like all the adults in Worcester County look at the paper once a month. Something close to that. I don't know. Any comments? I would be fascinated to see what what they're actually using to track um, unique visitors, uh, and if they're C not computers. Not, they are using computers, they, but if they're not if they're not using something um, that uh, like Google's system that's uh -huh. uh, basing it off IP addresses in a certain time frame, right. I would be curious to see how many pe how much of those uniques are a result of people just gaming their paywall system, as we all know, oh. is very easy to get <coughs> around. So if they're using that's actually a, a good point. If they're using a proprietary cookie based. Uh, system to track uh, visitors, uh, then we know that that just by disabling your TNG cookies that you're able to skirt the paywall. Um, it's at least possible that the reason they're doing so well with the paywall is because the paywall is not much of a wall to begin with. Let me ask you a question because um, there's there's one good article that I've linked to. I'll link to it again where this guy is like it was the it was the New York Times CEO or president or whatever who was saying like yeah like monthly viewership is up and everybody's like how can this be um, although maybe I don't I mean it would be interesting to see again six months from now because I'm wondering what percentage of this is just like a ton of anybody who writes about journalism in the world is writing to about and linking to the Telegram and Gazette but that might only be for August the September number might be a little clean of that sure anyways um, 
Now I totally lost my train of thought. Look at this. Look at this. Look at these beautiful trees for a second while I try to remember what I was saying. Um, the uh, I totally don't know what I was going to say. Anyway, something about the paywall numbers. Something about the paywall. <laughs> something about the paywall numbers. Um, and the, the CEO. And the CEO of the New York Times. So the CEO of the New York Times was saying that the pay, what the with the paywall, the numbers were going up. Oh, so, uh, people were looking. People were looking at these sort of like third-party uh, traffic estimation systems. I don't even right. know what these are called. Well, I mean, like the one that I keep seeing used for numbers <coughs> is Compete. Yeah. Um, uh, Dave Cancel, a guy from Boston, actually he started that company. They're they're actually really good when it comes to granular data. This is what I want to ask you because you're a former web marketing professional in the business. Are these sites like considered to be kind of like reading the innards of a chicken, or are these sites considered to be kind of like a meteorologist. It depends uh, from within the industry. It depends on whether or not they help or hurt you. I mean, if, it, if okay. they're reporting shitty numbers, uh, sorry about that. They're right. reporting terrible numbers. Then yeah, I mean, what the response is? Uh, well, you know, I mean, they're private systems and they're easy to game. Um, if they're public numbers, I mean, Alexa is the best example of right. that, right? I mean, Alexa used to use their toolbar system as the. Uh, the, the way that they would gauge uh, user interaction. People would install something on their computer and it would help, it would tell them Alexa's estimates of things in real time and at the same time Alexa was using that stuff they installed to track that person as part of like a polling. And thing. the argument would always be, well, who are the people that are installing toolbars from an unknown company in their web browser? That's probably, you can, it's safe to say that's the lowest common denominator in terms of internet users I and actually the person you want to track. I actually have that installed. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. so every okay. So, but anyway, so so, so somebody was somebody was just pointing out that there were that depending on which system you looked at, mm -hmm. some people were saying traffic was up, some people were saying traffic was down on the website. The New York Times is saying traffic is up, but you're right; it could be some sort of weird thing with cookies. We don't know. This is this is what always drives me crazy, and this is why my first my first analysis of these TNG stuff, I always have to put up an update and say I was totally wrong. Yeah. Because originally I was like, well, maybe it's the paywall is affecting this drop in subscribers, and then people are like, why would this be? And it's like, well, it's true, yeah, PayPal's only going to increase the number of subscribers. Um, but it looks like it's probably price increase of the Telegram and Gazette. That's what the TNG is saying. It's, 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 well, it's like, well, we increased the prices, so the number of people buying the paper has gone down. So, there you go. Um, I also wanted to point out that in my household, we have canceled our Telegram and Gazette subscription, and based on my lifetime of subscribing to different newspapers, I expected, you know, six months of free newspaper while they tried to wheedle a new subscription out of us. No way! The data subscription ran out, the axe fell, well, no the, more uh, papers. I don't know how, you said it's a bi-yearly system for gauging the numbers. I, I actually signed up for a subscription online uh, to the TNG. I felt bad about skirting the paywall. You're the guy. I'm that guy. Uh, and I noticed that when you do so, you actually get an offer. I can't remember how, I think it runs for two or two months or so of uh, free subscription. And you can choose either a week, you know, weekly subscription, a uh, Thursday through Sunday subscription, or just a Sunday subscription. Um, so, I mean, it's possible that you'll also see numbers bump up on hard copy circulation as a result of people signing up through the, the to paywall. To get a couple free months of... Right. Are you going to do it? I signed up just for the Sunday. I mean, I don't, I don't really need it for anything, but... Right. Chris Warren, we're going to get to your issue here in a second. I'm going <laughs> to talk about one little piece of nonsense, and then we'll talk about politics. <coughs> Actually, this is not necessarily nonsense. So, there's a thing called Central Mass Pride. This is a, this is a, a, a magazine for the gay community. Here's marriage equality. Just want to point this out that this exists. I saw this somewhere. Have you seen this? I have not. I think that this is like... I, I can't figure out who publishes this. I, I'm going to think it's like the Paul Giorgio, whatever it is, guys. Let's see if we can find out. Uh, yeah, there's no... I couldn't find a code colophon, but you can figure it out. If you find it, let me know. Yeah. Um, the other thing I found is In City Times Special Election Edition. 
This has this super interesting article about them getting sent mail that they feel is dangerous. Have you read this? The, the, them getting sent mail that they feel is dangerous mail. Oh yeah, the anthrax mail that they got. <laughs> it's not. They don't even say it's anthrax. They're like some some sort of, some sort of powder. irritating powder on yeah. one of it, and then they get another package. And it's it's a kind of an awesome article. I almost want to link. I would almost link. To, in fact, I would absolutely link to the article because it's like an exciting article. It's like the post office people are like whatever. She calls up Ron Madnick, and he's like. Why are you calling me? <laughs> I don't Which do seems to be the appropriate response. I read <coughs> that article twice trying to find out where the outrage was that, you know, Ron would not be helpful to Rose about a phone call involving some mystery powder at he the post office. He should have said call 911 like a normal person. Yeah, call 911 and the police can escalate this to the FBI or whoever needs to deal with it. I think Ron handled that one well. But, uh, yeah. The, the, re the reason I don't want to link to this is that in this article, both the packages are sent with the same return address, and then the statement is made that like these threatening packages are being sent from this individual. But it's like a return address. It's like I don't know if you're if you're actually sending people. Maybe you maybe you're crazy enough if you're sending people dangerous mail to put your actual name and address on the package. Mm -hmm. But maybe you're like forging somebody else's name and address on the package because you're a master criminal. You're a Lex Luthor type. I don't know. Anyway, so I had I a similar experience yesterday uh, with receiving political mail from a. Uh, Paul uh, Franco, who's running for yes. a state rep in the 13th yeah. district. Yesterday, he sent out mailings in a paper bag, like you know, used to take lunch to school in, um, and it was addressed, you know, handwritten address, and then like a stamped return address and what have you. The bag looks scary as hell, because I mean, who gets a brown paper bag in, in the mail? And I actually, you know, looked at it for a while. Like, do I really want to open this, even though it says it's coming from a political campaign? Especially around Halloween time. But it was a it was more of a gimmick sort of thing. It was not too dissimilar from what Marty Lamb was doing with the barf bags. It was, when you opened it up, there was a letter inside saying, you know, this I'm doing this as to make a statement that, uh, you know, we have to do things differently during tough times, and you know, the cost of this bag costs less than, uh, you know, a metered envelope. Um, and uh, Wait this, a is, second. this is a way that we can, you know, an example of how we can save money in terms of our day-to-day. -day. So I'm not really sure if the message was we should all be switching to brown paper bags as opposed to envelopes. Or Isn't traditionally mail sent in wrapped in brown paper pornography? Well, yeah. The, the, it, it, it <laughs> isn't this the isn't the implication that we figured that you wanted free <laughs> pornography and this is why you're reading this rather than the other things you just threw I away? I was hoping, but no. Instead, <laughs> it was just another political mail. Right. There was no porn. All right. I've never actually received porn in brown paper. I just know this from reading old novels. Well, luckily the enough, 50s. the internet exists and uh, porn comes in a much more streamlined uh, that's true. fashion that's these true. days. I'm too old-fashioned to think. That. Okay, let's talk about politics. Let's talk about Tea Party stuff. Uh, Chris Warren mm -hmm. standing. See, this is the, the great thing about the one camera is we can make you look forlorn. We can make you look happy and having a time, or we can just make you look forlorn and all alone in the woods. We'll make you look forlorn and all alone in the woods. I want to ask you about, yes. there's, a, there's a Tea Party debate on Tuesday. Sounds like it was a good debate by all accounts. Yeah. Um, you have any, you were at, the, were you at this thing? I was not. I was not able to make all it. Right. Um, you have no comment then. But no, I hear the turnout was great. I mean, the Northboro Police Department estimated around 850 people. Um, although the McGovern folks, which had the majority of people there, estimated around 250. So I think this may be the one time in history where the uh, promoters of an event actually underestimated the police department when it came to how many of their supporters are there. But That's a show of strength. That's a power move. <laughs> it is a power move. But yeah, no, it was uh, apparently a great debate, uh, no, no matter who you talk to. I mean, the Tea Party was happy with the, the turnout. Uh, Marty Lamb was happy with uh, his supporters, and the McGovern folks were thrilled with uh, their supporters. So. And there's another guy running. Did and Patrick Barron, yes, so who is, just seems thrilled. I mean, he doesn't necessarily seem to have a lot of supporters uh, to, to fall back on and say, look, they were happy. Um, but he seems happy. We never talk about matters. Him. You know, the, you know, this election cycle, I've just been laying back and like letting the politics come to me. Yeah. Patrick Barron hasn't come to me, so I don't know anything about him. Yeah. I want to ask Chris Warren. Chris Warren, Tea Party update. 
The Tea Party Express is coming to our town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when is this? Um, Monday at 2.30. They're going to be in Lincoln Square. November the 1st. Yep, November the 1st. And are you going to be there? Um, yes, I'm going to be there with a lot of other people. We're actually going to be starting our party at, in Institute Park at 2 p.m. And we're going to go up Highland Street to to the Tea Party to have a counter party with with the goal to party harder than the Tea Party. You have you have your poster there? Yes, I do. I have, a, I have a nice poster size flyer. Has a Lady Gaga and Sarah Palin on it. This is what I'm talking about. You know what? You know why I love this, Chris Warren? Because you guys have set yourself a goal. I've been to a lot of protests, and you never know. It's like if we do a, an anti-torture thing and 100 people show up, or we do an anti-tax thing and 100 people show up, did we win or did we lose? We don't know. In this case, you have a metric, a publicly accountable metric. Mm-hmm. You know, the next day in the paper, you'll see, does Lee Hamill think that you partied harder than the Tea Party or not harder than the Tea Party? I like this. This know. is the thing that's been missing in terms of uh, <coughs> contemporary uh, public discourse involving politics, right? I mean, you go back to, like, the Vietnam era, right, and the anti-war movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could judge the sport. Like, there was a, a goal, let's go to the street and end this war, right? And yeah. then people showed up, and, well, the war didn't end, but a lot of people still showed up. So right. you could at least judge the, the, the support for the movement. And now, it, it, oftentimes, it seems as though uh, the metric for... Uh, a successful, uh, you know, political discourse in public is who has the tallest stilts. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. it's not necessarily there. There isn't really like a metric or a definable goal. This is superb, right? I mean, it's it's a simple, requ- it's a simple uh, ask of the general public. Let's have a better party than they do. And I think it's something oh. everyone can get behind. I just wanted to say, you know, that Marty Lamb does bring his own air sickness bag mm-hmm. with him everywhere he goes. That's, the, that's so he is a hard party here. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, so I wanted to ask, what is the uh, is there a common uh, is there, why are people why are people going to counter party? Um, well, a lot of people are getting behind it because they dislike the Tea Party. I mean, um, it's mostly students who are going to come out and attend this. Okay. And um, I think I think the main reason students um, disagree with the Tea Party is because it's just it's a group of mostly middle-aged, middle-class, white people who are trying to trying to um, become the dominating political force and for a lot of people like the students and the youth of Worcester that would be that would be disastrous for them because okay. they simply just want to serve their own interests. So it's, so it's just like is this, is this because this looks like the student's parents? Is this like an anti-parent thing? Is that basically what this is? Uh, I don't think it's an anti-parent thing. Is this thing. like a Ferris Bueller type of a thing? Um, I, I think it's just a, just a, um, people are, people are outraged by the Tea Party and there's, there's no real way to combat them on a political forum because they have way more resources <coughs> and money and everything, yeah. the numbers that we could never have, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna show them that they don't know how to party and that we can party harder than they do. Alright, good luck man. Good luck. What's what's the music gonna be? Um, it's gonna be a lot of dance music, um, some Lady Gaga, maybe some Kesha. Um, I just got this old Madonna tape. If you need to. Yeah, maybe some Donna, Madonna. Um, we'll uh, switch it up. Maybe put some uh, punk music in for all the punks that come out. All right. Well, good luck, man. Thanks for. Thank co- you. Good luck. Um, I wanted to actually ask. Uh, you guys also about just sort of general political stuff. You know, do you know do you know Pimco, the big bond fund? I only know I don't follow bond funds. I only know Pimco is a friend of mine. I used to work for Pimco. Bill Bill Gross, the managing director of Pimco, this week um, wrote a nice article, uh, basically saying that he felt like on on uh, November second, Americans should vote no. And I kind of I kind of agree. I don't I don't like to uh, I don't like to uh, 
take the vote for granted. Mm -hmm. I do feel like this is another year where, uh, to the extent that you feel like your vote is, you know, something that you want to exercise, you should you should exercise a no vote. That you should say, I haven't heard. We have serious problems, and I haven't heard anybody suggesting serious solutions. If there, uh, if, if I go to, in on <coughs> November second to my local polling place and I look at the ballot, uh, where is the no? Uh, I think bubble? I think that that's not where it is. I think that you stay home and watch TV, and yeah. that's the no bubble. I don't right. know. I don't know. Either that or either that or people. Or either I don't see again. I don't, as always, I don't know that that's if that's a clearly comes across as an actual choice rather than just like I'm an alcoholic and I like to watch game shows. It sounds it sounds more like a, a an old George Carlin skit that is only funny when uh, George Carlin did it and he's dead now. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, anyway, but there are these elections. Mm -hmm. There are these things. There's some interesting stuff. We haven't really talked very much about them. We had uh, we had Jim Henderson on, who's yeah. running for uh, Secretary of the Commonwealth. Secretary. Who I noticed yesterday is actually getting a lot of support with uh, progressives <coughs> on in sites like Blue Mask Group and whatnot. It, it seems as though even diehard. Um, true progressive Democrats are really frustrated with Galvin's both inability or um, his unwillingness to debate. He's um, like this fringe anti-democratic candidate. It's so weird. I mean, he's like he's like he's like always been kind of contemptuous of third-party candidates, right. and he's like refuses to run. And the most recent thing he was he was like he's finally running some negative advertising against Jim, who's running as an independent. And he's like, oh, Jim Henderson hasn't voted in his town for like right. the past so many elections. And Jim's like, I only moved to this town 18 months ago. Like Jim Henderson is totally obsessed with politics and votes all the time and has like worked on state campaigns a million times. Like. It, just, it was just really, ridiculous. He posted a really nice response letter yeah. to uh, Galvin I on Blue Mask Group, and it seems as though that he <coughs> has uh, a significant amount of progressive support. It'll be interesting to see where those those votes actually right. fall. Yeah, I think that unfortunately it's not. I mean, you know, the 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 you know the uh, the establishment. You know, it, it seems like it's the kind of thing where unless the establishment media decides to like write a lot of stuff about this, right. nobody, the average person, has no idea that Galvin is being a a poor. Uh, I don't know. A poor campaigner. So anyway, but I, as far as, and plus Jim was on this show, so I totally endorsed Jim, Jim uh, Henderson for uh, Secretary of the Commonwealth. Um, man, it's getting cold out here. Um, we got this District Ten. We got this District Three race. It's like whatever. We got this District Ten race uh, where we have uh, Ron Madnick. Um, what? District Thirteen. District 13. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Is this this thing where like the aliens and? <laughs> that that was nine. That's what District 9. What's District 10? Um, 10th, uh, well, there's a 10th Congressional, and I don't, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't remember where the, uh, it's District 13. Well, let's call it District 9. Okay. Because I was, I just watched that the other day. It's a great movie. Mm. District 9. You ever watched that? I have not, no. <coughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> so we have, we have, the, we have the District 9 race, where, uh, we have Ron Madnick, mm -hmm. we got Paul Franco, yes, we got, uh, Spam and John Mahoney. Spam and John Mahoney. Here's, I, I'm going to give you my quick analysis of this. Again, as somebody, as somebody who's let the issues come to them and not gone to the issues, right. I feel like I got Spam and John Mahoney. Yep. Spammer. Yep. I got Paul Franco. Supports brown, brown bag lunch days. Personal injury attorney. Yes. I got Ron Madnick, mm -hmm. retired school teacher who runs the local ACLU. Mm -hmm. In terms of life choices, I got to go with Ron Madnick. Although Ron cannot tell you uh, in <coughs> real time what to do when uh, a scary brown powder gets mailed to you. Ron will say, don't talk to me, talk to the police. Not good constituent services if uh, lots of brown powder start showing up in the 13th Worcester. There you go. Well, who, what is your, what is your, uh, 
What's your feeling on this race? What's, what's been your take on this race? I think it's very similar to uh, you know the way things looked before the primary. John Mahoney was out on the ground uh, back in February knocking on doors, and once you start making contact with voters like that, it's really difficult to lose their support unless you do something terrible. Uh, so unless something terrible happens in the next couple days uh, involving kittens or young children, I really can't see much uh, in way of math that would allow John to uh, lose this. I feel like outside of the the, uh, the Christ the King neighborhood, I've seen a ton more uh, Mahoney and even Madnick signs than Franco signs. I don't know if the signs are a symbol of anything, but... Uh, signs do not vote, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, again, he covered a lot of ground, uh, and he got a lot of name recognition going back to the last election cycle when he ran a sticker campaign against the sitting uh, 13th Worcester rep, uh, Bob Splane. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's, just, it's tough to lose that. It's not a swipe against Paul or, 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 or Ron, it's just the reality of uh, John having done a great job of making early voter contact. I mean, he's gotten the retail politics thing down down pat. There you go. Um, I don't know, are there any other are there any other races besides the race that you're working on that we're not going to talk about that you think are important races? Um, you know what I think is an important race, is, in a, but I don't think it's really a, a challenge. Is Harriet Chandler's race, her, her Senate race? I don't know if you're a big uh, AM radio guy, but um, yeah. her opponent, Bill Higgins, who's from I North live in Rome. the 21st century, but I know. Um, get your own echo, echo chambers to worry about. The uh, Bill Higgins, her opponent, who's from North Pro, has been running these radio ads that are just absurd. I mean, they're they're really absurd. They're you know your typical 30-second spot that just talk about uh, how corrupt and you know evil Harriet Chandler is and how yeah. she's on the take from all these lobbyist groups and whatnot. Um, it nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, Harley's just a nice lady, right? <laughs> it's really what it comes down. To. She's not 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 part playing for Team Evil. Um, but this guy, Bill, who, uh, from what I understand, used to be a really nice guy, uh, now is a seems to be a relatively um, aged and confused guy. I bet he's still a nice guy. I want to say, speak up in favor of a guy I know nothing about. He's probably still a really nice guy. He's just running a campaign. On a certain level, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure he <coughs> is. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think this is that, that's probably the the darkest moment in, in on the local level in terms of uh, politics around here. Just how ugly it's gotten. Uh, is it true that Marty? Is it true that Marty Lamb is running ads? Criticizing McGovern for being arrested in recent years. Yeah, well, if I'm not mistaken, those are being paid for by the uh, pack out of Nevada. That's uh, yeah, I money still, to Marty. I still blame Marty Lamb for that. Come on, seriously, Marty <laughs> Lamb. He's arrested for protesting the Darfur genocide. This is like a super. Even I've been arrested for protesting the Darfur genocide. Now it's like everybody does this. Now you're getting too specific. Come on, the voters want want quick hits, right? And Jim McGovern has been arrested twice. Marty Lamb. We don't need to know why. It's anyone who's ever been in handcuffs is just evil and deserves the gulag. I don't know. He should, he, but government should run some sort of thing claiming that Lamb supporters support genocide or something. I'm then. shocked that you know I, I'm a big fan <coughs> of the, uh, the the old you know uh, uh, do we know that this person did not rape and murder a child back in 1993 uh, shtick right? I mean, back stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, well, it started. It actually started with uh, what's his name? The, um, the stand-up comedian uh, Gilbert Godfrey uh, did that during the Bob Saget roast uh, years ago on Comedy Central. Oh, yeah? it, that's where that meme actually started. But um, yeah, uh, that's the only thing I think we haven't seen is vague uh, insinuations that someone may have uh, raped and murdered somebody back in '93, and why aren't they actually acknowledging this claim? Let's let's spend two and a half minutes talking about something positive. What do you say? Huh? You were on a marketing bus the other day. I was on a marketing bus. <laughs> Tell us, give us a quick give us a quick summary of the marketing bus. It was uh, something that uh, the, the college consortium. Um, it, well, this came from uh, Mayor O'Brien's task force on uh, you know improving. Uh, the climate for business in Worcester, mm -hmm. uh, and the city is now actively looking to put together a new solid marketing plan for the city, uh, targeting you know its different demographics that it would like to retain here, whether it be college students or uh, you know middle class families or what have you. 
they put together this bus tour through the college consortium and um, Aaron Williams office in the city uh, which just brought people together uh, business leaders and, and what have you on a quick tour of what's actually happening in terms of development hmm. um, and then for, followed up with a roundtable just to discuss these the things that the city should focus on in terms of a short and long-term marketing package and it was I mean it, it was actually nice to see you know within say an hour everything that's going on around here I mean there you know there is a obviously quite a bit, but it's easy to pass by because we were inundated with it as locals when you see it all at once through a bus tour. Um, it was actually, you know, kind of impressive how much development we have going on, and it's nice to see that the city is taking, you know, marketing seriously as Ooh. a way to retain people. We should do that as a show. Do you think there's somebody at the city who would give us that tour? Um, I don't know. We should have come along. <laughs> we should have taken notes. <laughs> we could have pirated their tour. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, but it was, it wasn't anything, you know, flashy, it was, uh, but I, I think it was good to get a, a group of, you know, uh, business leaders, education leaders, people from not-for-profits and what have you, all on the same page, uh, to see that the city does in fact have a uh, very linear sort of goal as to where we're headed, headed. and um, although sometimes things, things seem somewhat scattershot, there, there is a plan, uh, and, but now that plan needs a formal marketing package to make sure everyone else understands there is a plan. Uh, I underestimated how cold it is. I'm so cold. It's freezing. We're going to stop the show. Everyone, <laughs> thanks for watching. Remember, you can email us at pieandcoffee.gmail.com and, and tell me what an idiot I am, as though I don't already know. See you next time.